Amen. Amen. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to flip to Exodus, uh, Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17. Is that right? Did I get that right? Yeah? Okay. Awesome. 18. I'm sorry. Exodus chapter 18. Um, we're doing a series here at Thrive. It is called Street Cred. Everyone say Street Cred. And what is street cred? Street cred is a series on leadership. It's because we absolutely believe here at Thrive is that you are made to be a leader in life. Whether it's in your home or it's in your school, it's in your workplace, it's in your neighborhood, it's in your community, it's in your city, that each one of you was made to make a difference. In fact, I say this so often that you guys should know this already. We are made to make a difference. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are saved to serve and we are born to be a leader. See, you are made to make a difference. You are saved to serve. You are blessed to be a blessing and you are born to be a leader. And that's why we've been doing this series called Street Cred. What is street cred? I've been giving you a definition for street cred all this time uh, over the past several weeks. Street cred means to have a reputation for being tough. Not tough to deal with, but when you go through tough circumstances, you don't give up. You are someone who perseveres through it. You know, you command respect from people. When people see you, they say something that they can respect. You're being relatable to others. You know, you're someone who has resources to go through whatever you're going through, and not just survive, but thrive in that environment. If you believe that, say amen. And I just believe this absolutely, that you were made to be a leader with street cred. And over the past several weeks, we've been going through different ways that we can step into our destiny as street cred leaders. In particular, we've been talking about different ways that we can kill our own street cred. And we've been looking at stuff like selfishness, inconsistency, fear. Uh, you know, we talked about, you know, fizzling out and giving up. Uh, last week, uh, what did we talk about? What did we talk about last week? What did we talk about last week, you guys remember? You guys remember talking? It's about the comparison game, about how we, when we compare uh, ourselves to others, uh, you know, that that can be taken to an extreme, an unhealthy thing that can kill our street cred. Today, we are extremely blessed because we have a very special guest in our midst uh, who is a very, very dear friend of Pastor Charlene and myself. Uh, she has been a leader in my life for a very long time. Uh, she looks very young and she is very young, but in fact, she's been serving God for many, many years, decades even. Uh, she is a counselor uh, and a very, very important part of a great great charity, a great organization in downtown Eastside Vancouver called Union Gospel Mission. You may have heard of it before. Uh, and uh, she is here with us. It's always a blessing to have her here. And she's got a powerful message to share with all of us. Would you join me in giving a warm Thrive welcome to the one and only, the very talented, the beautiful Pastor Josephine Wong. Can you give her a big hand in this place right now? Praise God. Thank you for that welcome. Wow. Um, it's exciting to see all the stuff that you are doing here as a church and that you are expanding not just in your numbers here, but you are expanding God's love to your city. And that is so awesome to see. Um, today, yeah, we're talking about street cred. And I love that wording because it just it sounds so street and rough, you know, sort of like it's legit, right? Uh, so when I, uh, when I heard, oh, street cred uh, and the killer, I was like, that's kind of cool. And you're talking about leadership. Oh, that's my jam, right? That's what I love. Um, and so things that I've been learning most recently, interestingly, has been the roughest lesson in the last uh, month and a half uh, at my workplace. And um, the theme that I re resolved to speaking about is uh, the solo leader or the team player leader. 
And so the street cred killer that I'm talking about this morning is going solo. Now, maybe it's not obvious to you, but uh, both my parents were Asian, and I was raised in an Asian home. And um, they're kind of from that tr older school tradition where, you know, they brought me over, plucked me from Malaysia when I was like maybe this high. Um, I couldn't really say much, but they were all about thriving. They wanted to give me everything that they couldn't have, right? Uh, they didn't have a lot of money, so it was selective in what they could do. Um, but they I love music, so of course I was placed into, um, my dad was my music teacher. So I had started learning piano at an early age. And then I started learning guitar when I was about eight. Um, everything that I did as a kid was solo. I never learned how to play piano with other people <laughs> because that's a solo instrument. Um, I've always wanted to play the violin, yet that's a solo instrument. They wanted to put me into ballet, but I'm not really that ballet type. That was also very solo. Um, when I went to school, I was, I was pushed to thrive in school in academics. That, again, was solo. And so I didn't learn a lot about teamwork until I got to high school. And in high school, I decided to join a basketball team. Yes, I was still pretty short, but they needed players, so I joined a team. And I learned so much on being a, in a team sport for the first time in my life. I learned how to lose because my coach took time to teach me how to be a good loser, right? I learned things from team sports that I was able to bring into a church setting. And in a church setting, again, I, I, I went to church when I was a really young kid. I was about... I still remember all the lessons that I learned. Noah, Esther, Paul, Daniel, Moses, all of these big names of scripture. And yet they were all solo leaders, right? And until I took team sports, and until I learned to broaden my views, until older in age, I learned, wow, there was more happening in Moses' life, in Noah's life, in Esther's life. And when I looked into each of their characters, there were still a lot of people that were around them. I didn't catch that because we applaud the hero of the stories. We forget the other characters that were there. I learned about teamwork. And um, that's what we're going to talk about today. That the street cred killer is the solo leader but the kind of leader God wants us to be is the team player kind of leader. And so I want you to ask you, what does a team player leader look like? And so I'm going to show you a little clip that might give you an indication of what it might not look like. Okay, so this is an example of what a solo leader might look like. Let's play that clip. I love his little character. I love it. I love that you have sound effects added to that. Um, and I'm glad we can laugh at it, and I laugh at it, but you know what? When a, there is a solo leader, that's what they're really doing. 
they're just like bumping people left and right. They're doing everything, knocking people out. Woo-hoo! And the thing is, he hits his goal. He gets to the finish line, doesn't he? And he gets to first place. He gets it. He lands his goal, but to the demise of other people that he's knocked out of the way. Um, and to the extreme, folks, solo leaders are like that. And I hope you have never experienced a solo leader because they are very difficult to work with. They don't want team. They don't want your involvement. Uh, when they get you involved, they don't give you the credit. It is horrible to be in that environment. It is toxic to be in that environment. And so what I want to kind of depart from script here is um, I want to give some encouragement to this church specifically because from this morning and um, as I was just kind of um, in, in between services, I really noticed that there's a lot of already teamwork leadership that's happening in this church. So you are on track. And sometimes you don't even know that. So I'm going to point this out when I know that you are on track, okay? Let me ask you, which leader is respected more? The captain of a ship who commands others to row harder while he or she lounges on deck? Or the captain that motivates the others by rowing with them? In my opinion, the latter is more respected, but not necessarily effective. Team members respect hard work. That is smart work. If the leader is rowing alongside, who is in charge of navigation? The leader should work hard at leading, not at doing jobs others on the team can and should do. It is a fallacy to think that a good leader has to do everything a team member does. Not only may they not be qualified for every job on the team, it is more than often a misuse of leadership time. A good coach doesn't take to the court or field during a game. And there's a slide that shows that. So folks, this church, even though you have uh, Pastor JB that is probably an amazing, he is an amazing musician, but you don't see him leading the keyboards and then popping up here and then going back and playing the drums, um, even though he can play all those instruments there, maybe at the same time, I don't know. But there is a worship team that does that amazing job. And I, I asked him this question in between services. I go, how involved are you with the worship team? And he just says, not as much as um, he would have liked to be. I mean, and that comes from more of a desire of, of wanting to play. But uh, worship team, amazing job. Uh, you do a great job, and it's just this, I could sense the Holy Spirit at work. And so whatever you're doing, this is team leadership here. A pastor that doesn't jump and plays, even though he has the capacity to do it, he doesn't do it, but he lets the people who can do it do it. Uh, when I was in uh, preparing for this talk for, the enti- like for this week, back and forth with uh, PowerPoint and, and, and things, it was other individuals that wasn't, JB, that was the, my point of contact. You have competent people that are running the soundboard, that are greeting people at the door. This is what I call teamwork at its best on a Sunday morning. So kudos to you as a church for doing that. Yeah. Now, 
on an individual level, let me ask you this question then. How do you know if you are a solo leader or if you're a team player leader? How do you know which one you fall into? And this is a tough question to answer honestly. Because nobody wants to say, well, I'm a solo leader and I'm proud of it. Because there's a sense of arrogance that kind of goes with that, right? You don't want to be known as the super Mario leader that bumps everybody out of their way. No one wants to admit to that. But if we are to ask an honest question, solo or team, of course we want to say we are team players. Of course we want to be team leaders, leaders of a team player type of leader. But are your actions and what you say, your behavior, your mannerisms, is it really conveying your heart's intent? Because your heart intent can be, I want to be a team player leader. But your mannerisms may not. And so we're going to go through some self-check, reality check questions uh, for the remainder of uh, this talk. And a lot of these questions I use when I'm in uh, interviewing candidates for a job or for a leadership position. So in some ways, you're getting little tips on how to interview for a job. <laughs> and maybe someday you can uh, let me know if, uh, hey, I was able to get a really good job. Thanks for the sermon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so here we go. Here's a reality check question number one. Why do you want to lead? Like, why are you doing what you do? And so I asked that in my interviews. Why are you applying for this job? And if they just say, oh, I can't became available. Oh, really? You know? But why are you doing what you do? This is asking your heart's question. Why did you set the goals you set for yourself? And I have had interviews in, in and, and sit in front of interviews, sit in front of me when I said, what are some goals you set for yourself this year? They have no goals. And that is scary when they have no goals. Because when you have no goals, when you have no whys, when the tough times come, you just waver. The whys is what keeps you in the game. Why do you keep doing what you do? That's what keeps you there. When life gets rough, why do you keep coming up every week to play on the worship team? Why spend all that time in rehearsals? Why get up early on a Sunday morning and pack up and put it all together and, spend and, and, and stay in two services? Why? You've got to ask why you do what you do. Team player leaders know why they do what they do. And when I ask team player leaders their goals, even if it's personal goals, there's a sense of otherness in their goals. So take a look at your goals. What are they saying about you? The who is the next question that we're going to look at. And with that, I want you to turn to your Bibles, whether it's in smartphone, fo uh, smartphone form or a book form. Uh, let's pull up uh, Exodus 18. And we're going to read this together, Exodus 18. Um, it goes up to about verse 27. So we're going to read this out together. <clears throat> Ready? One, two, three. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. 
When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, because the people come to me to see. Okay, hold, hold on there. So who are the people that are involved? There's Moses and who else? Moses and the people. And who, who's, who's talking here? Father-in-law. Okay, he doesn't say in this one, but his father-in-law's name is Jethro. Okay? Um, <clears throat> so he, Moses says, well, they're coming to, to me to seek God's will. Is that a bad thing? Let me give you a hint. Is that a bad thing that the people are seeking God's will? No? No. It's not a bad thing that they're seeking God's will. It's actually a really good thing. Right? Yeah. All right. Let's keep on going. Whenever they have a dispute, it's brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and laws. Moses' father-in-law replied, Okay, hold on right there. Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, he replies, what you are doing is not good. What is he saying that is not good? The actual people seeking God's will? No. Just a sheer amount of stuff that he has to do, right? What he's shouldering. So you're going to wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. You cannot handle it solo. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them the decrees and laws and show them the way to live and the duties they are to perform. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every simple case to you, the simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter, because they will share it with you. If you do this, and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain, and all these people will go home satisfied. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. He chose capable men from all Israel and made them leaders of the people, officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They served as judges for the people at all times. The difficult cases they brought to Moses, but the simple ones they decided themselves. Then Moses sent his father-in-law on his way, and Jethro returned. Can you move it back to verse 25? I think it's verse 25. Yeah. I just noticed this here. Did you notice how they just repeat what Jethro just said? He chose capable men from all Israel, made them leaders, officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. <clears throat> and I think this is really important to pick out because Moses did exactly as Jethro advised. And there was a record of that. So when there's repetition in scripture, we go back to it. It wasn't that, oh, he chose capable men, made them leaders of over hundreds and fifties. But it was specific to what Jethro had commanded. And so let's go back to the other slide. Who is your, who are your advisors? And are you heeding their advice? 
Team player leaders have Jethro's in their lives. Who are the Jethro's? Now, Jethro's in your life, for Moses, it was a father-in-law. It might not be your father-in-law. You might not have a father-in-law. It might not be your best friend, and oftentimes it might not be your best friend unless your best friend will tell you the truth. Jethro's are people who will tell you the truth in love for your capability, your capacity, but they will think of your best and God's best together. Who are the Jethro's in your life? Team player leaders know that they are not perfection, but they are progress. And so Jethro's are there to help them get better. Now who, and the next one is, who is someone that is better than you in an area that matters most to you? Uh, this question, when I've asked in an interview, uh, really stumps people. They don't expect this. Because what this question talks about is a question, how you answer that symbolizes your humility and your level of humility. In an area that matters most to me, say in my work is counseling, I will not be afraid or nor should I be afraid of knowing who is better than me in that area. Because the moment I put up walls and say, you know what, if I mention she is really good at this job, I might lose my job, I become selfish. I'm not thinking the best for the company anymore. But a lot of us have grown up thinking competencies, right? That's important. We have to be the best and the best, and we'll get noticed, we'll get promoted. But it's not about that in God's kingdom work. It's not about that. And so I will readily admit who is better than me in an area that matters most to me is a sign of my level of humility. So who are people that are better than you in an area that matters most to you? Think about these questions. Think about that. How would you answer that and respond to that? Let's move on. What are your greatest weaknesses? We've asked these in, uh, in party games, right? What is your most embarrassing moment? You know, mostly it's kind of to laugh at ourselves. Um, but when I ask these in interviews, that's the, the whole point is, can, are, do you recognize that you're not perfect? <laughs> and are you okay with that? And what are you doing about that? Because if someone is sitting in front of me, has all the relational skills like a politician, you know, they can relate with me greatly, but then they come to their greatest weakness and they are, oh, I can't think of one right now. Okay. Or if they're too hard on themselves, that's also something that's not great either. Team leaders are not ever overly hard on themselves. They recognize what their weaknesses are and they will think of a plan on how to work through that. What do you do that others find, might find annoying? This is, a, <laughs> this is an interesting question to ask yourselves with the five closest people in your spheres of influence, whether at work or at home, what do you think they will say that you do uh, that they might find annoying? Now, I'm not going to get you into partners here. You're not going to say it out loud, but think about that. Because what this question, how you respond to that, informs me how relatable you are. And one of the things that you talk about in street cred, your definition of street cred, is being relatable. And it's good that you have that, 
coupled with as well the reputation for toughness or resiliency is my word I love to use. Can you imagine someone who is tough-minded and resilient but not relatable? You just have this, you just have arrogance, right? But relatable, relatable people know that they're not perfect. Relatable people are aware, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. And they'll think through that, okay? Not to pull themselves down, but just aware of it, right? Let's move on. When and who do you follow? Again, this goes back to the Jethro, right? Moses was at his point where he was so overwhelmed and tired. Did he have to listen to Jethro? No. Because he was a symbolism of importance, right? People wanted to see him and have his advice. And that's a scary thing when you're a leader. When you are wanted and people need you, it feels kind of good to the ego. But Moses chose at that time to listen to Jethro's advice and did it exactly. He followed. Do you know when it's time for you to follow? A good team player leader knows when it's time to follow, and they are a good follower. When your blind spots are pointed out, how do you respond and bounce back? Bounce back is another word for resiliency. That's a big psychotherapy term these days. Uh, Bouncing back from stressors. Uh, When your blind spots are pointed out, how do you respond? Again, we got Jethro's in our lives. They show us our rear view. They show us our side view mirrors. They're kind of like alongside of you, so you see your blind spots. It's one thing when it's invited. It's one thing if I ask uh, Pastor JB and Charlene, and I say, you know, come on, I want to know what my blind spots are. Can you please let me know and give me feedback? And I invite them in. Sometimes we can be ready for that, right? We're like, okay, we're going to sit down. It's time to reveal my blind spots. Here we go. But it's another time. And this happened recently when I'm called into my program director's office. And I'm sitting there with my manager and an HR representative, and my blind spots are pointed out. That's horrifying. It was uninvited. And as my, one of my managers says, it wasn't invited. They just barged in. I don't know where certain comments came from, but how did I bounce back? I was severely humbled, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, seriously humbled, and I went back to my place of worship and centering and go- went back t- to God to be the final judge of the words that were said. When blind spots are pointed out, folks, it is not easy to hear, but a team player leader will listen, will assess, and they will figure out a way to bounce back. They will treat other people with respect, and they will keep on doing the job to the best. And if God has called you to stay in that place, you will stay in that place. Not easy. Where are you headed? Team player leaders know where God is leading them. So this is where is God leading you and maybe it's a person, right? You and -and so-and-so. You and Thrive Church. Where is God leading you? you got to know where you're going. 
if you're leading, you better know where you're going. You got a bunch of followers, and if they say, where are we going? I don't know, <laughs> right? Team player leaders know where they're heading. Even if the actually, you know what? I, I stand corrected. Even if the answer is, I don't know, it is as an acad- a scholarly, I don't know. It is an intentional, I don't know. I don't know what God is really doing right now, but we are praying and seeing. But that's different. In, I don't know. That's a whole different, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. So God, where is God leading you? Team leaders know that. They have a direction. And the next one, and the final questions here, how? How do you know that this is from God? How do you know that he's leading you? And if you have a message from God, give to the church. How do you know it's, it is God? And how will you get there? Leaders know why they do what they do. They know what they're supposed to do, and they know how to get the people there. And again, I, I want to throw in the humble humility question. How do you handle apologies, either giving or accepting them? True team player leaders know that when they've made a mistake, they will own up to it. They don't own up to the mistakes of other people because uh, they just want to be caught in the crossfire of it. No. They own up to the mistakes that they have made. They're gracious, and they will let that go because they know that they are loved by God and they're already forgiven by God. And at the end of it all, we may be leaders of our small groups, leaders of a worship team, leaders of initiatives, but we're all part of a greater whole. And team player leaders, even though you might be the lead, top lead of a church, you are still part of a greater team, and that is Team Jesus, Team God. He is the ultimate coach, right? And he has given us the blessings of our lives so that we can bless others. We were birthed so that we were born to be leaders. We were saved so that you can serve. Um, Team Jesus is the best coach ever. (laughs) He really is. And um, so as your church continues to thrive and grow and um, expand into your cities, Um, Go forth in knowing that you are loved by God and he gives you all the strength that you need. Um, Great things are happening and it's amazing. So I'm going to pass the time back to JD. One more time, can we give give some thanks to Pastor Josephine today for a powerful message this morning. Praise God. You know, in, in mainstream media, in Hollywood culture, uh, in pop culture, there, there's a lot of emphasis that people place on, like, I did it my way. You know, I, I did it myself. I did it the way I wanted to do it. No one told me how to do it. I just did it my way, and I succeeded. You know, there, there's even a, a movie out there right now, uh, which is a very popular movie, and it might be really good. I haven't seen it yet. It's called Solo, isn't it? It's called Solo. Uh, but how many of us know that even Han Solo, if you're a Star Wars fan, even Han Solo had a team, amen? Even Han Solo had a guy called Chewbacca. He's not even a guy, he's a beast, right? He's, like a, he's a Wookiee. Part of his team. 
Even Han Solo had Luke Skywalker. Even Han Solo had Princess Leia. Even Han Solo had all these creatures that I, their names I don't know how to pronounce and I don't know how to describe them, but he had a team of people. And it's a reminder to you and me today, uh, after this powerful message that Pastor Josephine has shared, is that the kingdom of God is a team sport. Amen. Amen. The kingdom of God is a team sport. You were never made to do the kingdom of God on your own. You were never made to do the kingdom of God solo. It's not just about you and God. You, oh, my, my, my faith is just a very private thing. It's a very personal thing. It's just me and God, me and God. It's all individual. No. God made you to need others. God made you to be part of a team. You're on team Jesus. To your neighbor, give my heaven and say, you're on team Jesus. It's because the kingdom of God is a team sport. And with that in mind, I'm going to ask you guys to stand up to your feet today. And we're not even going to sing a song right now. But I'm just going to invite you, because I believe that God is working in this place today. I believe God is speaking through the message this morning. And he's speaking to your heart this morning about what kind of team player leader are you. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't want you to focus on what your neighbor is doing or what the person beside you is doing. I want to just invite you right now to focus on God and what you're doing. And I want to ask you this question, which is, what kind of team player leader are you? With every head bowed and every eye closed, you know, do you have Jethro's in your life, advisors who can speak into your life, whom you welcome to speak into your life, to give you the advice that you need, to point out your blind spots, which you don't see? Do you have someone in your life like that? Do you welcome people in your life that way? Are you teachable? When you get feedback, how do you receive it? Are you really defensive and you push people away and you get, you know, all uh, irritated and, and, and you, you throw a temper tantrum when people come even close to giving you feedback? Or are you someone who's humble and says, you know what, thanks for that. Let me, let me give that one some thought. You know, are, are you part of a small group in church? Or are you trying to do the kingdom of God thing all this time going solo? And maybe here today God is saying, hey, even in church, because the kingdom of God is a team sport, you need to be part of a small group. You need to be part of something where you're connected to others and not just trying to do things by yourself. Are you a team player leader? Do you have a tough time admitting your weaknesses? Are you able to say, you know what? Yeah, that person is better than me in this area. I need that person's help. I believe God is calling us to be street cred leaders. And a huge part of that is learning to be awesome team players who know when it's time to follow, who know when it's time to lead, who are great at working with others. And so if you want to be that kind of leader and you realize that maybe there's some area of your life where you need to work on that, on the count of three, would you just raise your hand to God and we're just going to respond to God in this place? Maybe it has to do with your family, relationship at home. Maybe it's to do with your business or your work, your company, your school a team that you're on, if you realize today that God is calling you to be a better team player leader, would you raise your hand count of one, two, three? Would you raise your hand to God right now? And from your heart and your own words, would you start talking to God today about that one area or two areas where, where it's highlighted for you today that I got to be a better team player in that area of, of, of life. Could you just start talking to God right now? Could you start talking to God in your own words? Don't be afraid. Don't worry about what your neighbor's doing right now. You just start talking to God right now. Say, God, help me to be more teachable. God, help me to have people in my life that I can welcome and seek out to be Jethro's in my life, that I wouldn't just do things my way and just my way. Pray, Father God, that you help us be people who, who are just really good at, at, at being you know, receptive to feedback and teachable, who, who take advice well. Help us, God, to be people who are really great to work with, who don't just bump our way to the finish line, but that we are sensitive to the people around us and we work well with people. 
that Father, we don't, we wouldn't do the kingdom of God on our own as if it all depends on us, as if we can do it on our own because we can't. Father God, we need you today. Father, we need you today. God, we need you today. Holy Spirit, we need you today. We welcome you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God. Why don't you pray this prayer with me? If you desire to be a better team player leader today, why don't you pray this prayer and just lift your hands to God and let, your, let the height of your hands reflect how much you want to be a better team player or a better team player leader in your home, in your business, in your school, wherever it is that you are someone with influence right now. Why don't you lift your hands and we just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. You, are you are the greatest team player leader. The greatest team player leader. How you gave your life, how you gave your life and sacrificed yourself, sacrificed yourself for the good of others, for the good of others, for your team. For your team. I want to be more like you. I want to be more like you. Help me, God. Help me, God. To seek out Jethro's in my life. Seek out Jethro's in my life. To be willing to take advice. To be willing to take advice. To be good at receiving feedback. To be good at receiving feedback. To realize that I need others. Who are better than me in certain areas, and I need their help. That I wouldn't just go solo. That I wouldn't pretend like I don't need anyone. But that I would trust in you and be a great team player in my home, in my church, in my workplace, in my school, in every team where I have influence. May I be a great team player leader. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you give Jesus a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? Come on, church. Would you be great?